forever. Dog. Warning, the following podcast contains discussion of an old, slow-moving bucket that lazily carries you through the air. We love it. It's the Skyway on podcast, The Ride. Welcome to Podcast The Ride, the theme park podcast that is 100% wheelchair accessible. I'm Scott Gardner, uh, joined by Mike Carlson. Hey, I am here, and that is good news. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we I think the only one. I believe we're the only one. Uh, Jason Sheridan is here as well. Uh, yes, I am here too. Uh, it, it's important to be considerate uh, for every, so everyone can enjoy the show. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, and I wish others uh, were more considerate as well. Uh Folks, today we're talking about the Skyway, which uh, basic primers, uh, these, these were the, the gondolas that took, took you back and forth between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland uh, in, Bo- in the uh, Magic Kingdom and Disney World, originally in Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland as well, uh, from the 50s through the, the mid-90s, where among the things, the factors uh, that made them go away was the, it was the handicap accessibility uh but that's you know that's the main stuff and i'm excited to talk about uh the skyway because this is like this is some pretty classic disneyland stuff i feel like when i talked to my mom this was a very important thing to her i think if you were an original decade disneyland person you really love the skyway yeah i think yeah you when you think of the classic pictures of disney or the classic videos that skyway i guess it probably looms large in my brain of the like archived footage because it's gone now so it always like i always look at it but i do think like that's such a huge part of what they call the kinetic energy the movement that you would see when you go into disney yeah and such a great like in that first run of like attraction posters like a really good one Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, the posters that you see uh, under the train tracks yeah. uh, entering Disneyland. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, uh, very classic one. Um, you know, that, yeah, you bring up a good point right away, Mike. And yeah, the, the how much the Skyway uh, re- really hits you in early footage of Disneyland. I'll, I'll say right away. Uh, let me look up the name of this on on YouTube. I, there's a, a really great. Um, film short? I don't know what you'd call it. P- called People in Places Disneyland USA. And it's a lot of really beautiful old film footage in color of Disneyland in, in 1956. It shows you what the park was like then. And uh, I mean, the whole thing is great. Uh, it, it's really beautiful and beautifully shot. But, you know, they, they film from the, the Skyway as well. And uh, it shows you how, you know, it was, it was a great way to see Disneyland from above to see it was another way to see storybook land. Um, it was a way you could see the the old teacups, the original version of the teacups, uh, where, you know, with like all the big spirals, like you really get a sense of the kinetic energy of the spirals of the original Mad Tea Party, maybe the best from up in the skyway. Yeah, it's uh, all of that stuff, seeing it now, uh, like in the footage when you see like, because they I feel like they've had in the footage of it shot from the skyway, too, like you can sort of see the vantage point of the skyway. That stuff is all exciting. I also, of course, feel a sense of dread because of how scared I was. <laughs> oh, good point. Yes, this is in your this is your area. 
you don't like precarious dangling i i suppose i you know what that's we have not branded exactly what it is about rides that i don't like but precarious dangling or precarious feeling a, a precarious vibe that even though it maybe isn't it's very safe but it's precarious it feels precarious it's you know it's la- legs dangling off of a roller coaster i don't love that mm-hmm. uh it is skyway which is slow, and I guess Skyliner, which is, of course, the new version of this at Disney World. Uh, it is a slow-moving thing. Wires don't help because it feels, that does feel precarious. Uh, and it's, I know there's nothing under me. There's something about that that sort of gives me anxiety. I don't know. I, I think it's just some sort of inherent thing in my brain. I don't think it, there was a traumatic incident or anything. You really feel the movement on those wires, like if if you hit a weird little bump or a sway, you, you really feel it. It it, it feels natural, um, and and it feels like it like it shouldn't be happening. Like any little jerk kind of freaks you out. Yes, that is right. So when I so we're talking about Skyway, and this is still one that I haven't overcome. I've overcome better like crazier roller coasters. I've overcome haunt. I, I love haunts now. I never did, but the Skyway type ride still has not been conquered by my brain. And now, of course, compare that to me, who, as we've established in the past, I am much like a goat, want to be as high up as possible. So I felt always would jump at the chance to do the Skyway or like, hey, uh, I know it's faster to walk, but we could take the Skyway to get to that part of the park. You yeah. love the friendly skies. I do. Do you guys? Uh, th- that's one of those weird little uh, dumb pleasures that that you know barely has any impact, but I always feel it. The feeling of yes, why walk when we could take the even though taking the other transport because that's what else is like that the train the, the train, train gets you yeah. to another part of the, the park without having to walk even though it could end up taking you vastly longer depending it still feels like this dumb little cheat barely. Like, I figured out a better way, a more efficient way. Well, and I, I have so much affection for the Skyway. And it's funny because what we usually, so much, we usually have affection for is like theming and stuff. This, besides the stations, which were very nice looking, uh, I think, um, this ride could not be any less themed. Like, it's just giant gray girders and buckets. <laughs> Uh, 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 vehicles that are, were so quick, people just started calling them. Yeah, those buckets. Yes, never re- uh, specifically referred to by Disney as the sky buckets. But again, if you ask parents, a lot of parents might knee jerk call it the sky buckets. That definitely was the the terminology for sure. And I, I think there is like arguments to be made of like, okay, well. Maybe put theming, like theming can take a back seat if it's really fun. Like the Skyway is really fun. Like the same, I think we were, Mike and I were talking a while back of like, all right, just sell Baby Yoda shit in Galaxy's Edge. Who cares? Everyone loves this little guy. <laughs> just yeah. fill it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. Because we, yeah, we love immersive stuff. And I, it's, I th- I'd like to think that the listener understands our level. Why would we make fun of King Daka at Six Flags having ads for a hair gel on the side, but we would love just copious Baby Yoda merchandising in Galaxy's Edge and love these unthemed buckets? I don't know. I mean, 
I, I'd like to think that the spectrum is clear, but if we need to break it down further, let us know. Yeah, I it's look, life is a contradiction. That's what I yeah. always say. So there's going to be some of it. I mean, look at this. I don't want to talk too much about the Skyliner. There's enough there for its own thing. But look at the contradiction with the Skyliner where like, OK, they put they they put the 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 pillars a lot of stuff backstage or on access roads uh and it goes by some of the very expensive hotels and it does not stop at them <laughs> like if anything it makes the views worse from those places but overall a net positive yes sure sure now you know you bring up a good point and we should break this down the skyway is not the skyliner the Skyway, as I said, was something from the from Disneyland through the 50s through 90s, and it's been gone for a long time. The Skyliner is the new thing at Disney World that takes you around Epcot and MGM Studios and some, some of the campus. The Skyway is also not the Starway. The Starway is the big set of escalators that took you from the top part of Universal Studios Hollywood down to the bottom part. And if you want to hear more about those escalators... We did an episode about it at <laughs> patreon.com slash podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. So yes. Skyway, not the Starway. Skyway, not the Skyliner. And Skyway, also not Ford's Magic Skyway, which is a ride that did not take place in the sky at all. That was something from the 1964 World's Fair. And it is where you drove 60s Fords through <laughs> the time of the dinosaurs. Uh, what I'm kind of saving, like I've never really dug deep on Ford's Magic Skyway. Me That's like neither. I would like to. As I say all that out loud, I'm like, why have we not gotten to that one? Yeah, I was going to say it's also not the Minneapolis Skyway, which is a series of bri- elevated bridges. Oh, which oh is- yeah, that's what that's called. Yeah, and that which is also uh, the replacements have a song called Skyway, which is about what? yeah, which is a great song. It's a nice, it's like a sweet little song. Uh, so it's not that. <laughs> Jeez. And it's also not, I, I don't want to go overboard here, but I was looking up all of the rides that have been built by the company that built this thing, the Skyway, uh, with the company's called Von Roll. Um, and they, there's a list on Wikipedia of the other rides that they've built. And most of them are called Sky Ride. One is called <laughs> Bayside Sky Ride. Uh, one is there's Sky Buckets. That one's official. Sky Fari, um, Skyway, uh, different Skyway at Six Flags Great Adventure. Sky Lift, Aeronaut mm-hmm. Sky Ride. Um, it's it's a pretty dense uh, network of of the same five words to weave. Mm, but no yeah. sky, no Skyfall. I, ooh, is no. there a ride called Skyfall? Well, there's I a movie, Skyfall. of course. They'd, yes. I think they'd like to minimize the thought of falling from these contraptions. <laughs> huh. There, mm, There's a type of, it looks like somewhere called uh, uh, Fun Time in Australia has Skyfall. That's like, a, that's a drop oh. tower. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that makes more sense because that you do want to fall. Mm-hmm. right that's fun falling is fun in that instance in that instance folks if you got a drop tower and it's not falling something's wrong a fallout a fallout like mission impossible fallout that's a good fallout to watch but less good i guess to experience if you were ethan hunt james bond sky falls ethan hunt falls out right they're both falling in different ways <laughs> uh i think there's i think there's also a sky fall in dollywood 
Is there? Oh. Is it called Skyway? I'm sorry. It's called Dropline. Mm. <laughs> I really need to. I need to do. I can't just click on clickbait headlines during the show. I need to vet this info you before I it, talk. You know, or you, you or you're going to run into a situation where you're you get like Camp Snoopy and Planet Snoopy mixed up. And oh uh, yeah, I mean we're still sorting that out. In we're our brains. St- sure. Is the difference uh, uh, indecipherable? <laughs> <laughs> what does it, so. does it pretty much depend on what the sign budget was for that any given year sure could we do a whole could we do a whole a separate spinoff podcast about sky-based entertainment called sky guys <laughs> i think the answer is yes yeah yeah sky guys you um, went to college with one of the sky guys right th- that is yes that is true yes <laughs> <laughs> the sky guys <laughs> sky guys are not the try guys no they're not they're different they're uh, they're us <laughs> we are the sky guys we are the sky guys What's... who are not the bumper car boys who we are hate us. and whose podcast is not wheelchair accessible that's correct we are the sky yeah. guys and also the podcast the ride uh good boys and the podcast the ride guys who are good boys um the, well maybe was it, there was we've talked about the rumors that a third Tokyo Disney gate would be Tokyo Disney Sky correct y- yes and, uh, I, i'm in love with that I name i know i re- so if we, just, what i'm what, saying oh you know here what, 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 what about skyway I was just going to say I didn't realize that Disney Sea had sea in it because Disneyland has land in it. Uh, that oh yeah, it, it took me a few months or uh, a few years to figure that out, and I was like, oh, that's perfect. Uh, and then I heard Disney Sky, and I was like, oh shit, really good. It's like a Mario level. Where else can Mario go? There's Sky levels, and so that uh, so the third gate, I guess, or the third gate could be in the sky, much in the in the Tokyo tradition. Oh yeah, that's great. Uh, the third gate is uh, the sky, where we're the sky guys. <laughs> where the sky guys rise. That's who we are. That's who we are now. We'll look out for rise of the sky guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so uh, what else? Um, I mean, we we should do Ford's Magic Skyway. By the way, um, uh, yeah. Um, um, but, oh, oh, you, you know, you know what? Um, uh, Mike, in terms of uh, personal associations with this attraction, your your association is being scared. My association is being scared also, but not because of the Skyway itself. I think the heights nature of it and the dangly nature didn't bother me for some reason. Um, but I I viewed it as a good way to see the abominable snowman and get a sense of the Matterhorn before I was willing to go on the Matterhorn. And I'm sure with this and some other things that we'll talk about, there'll be some things we mentioned uh, also in the Matterhorn episode. So apologies for repeating material. I didn't go back and re-listen. I'm sorry. But um, I, you know, because if, if you weren't aware, um, not in the Magic Kingdom or Tokyo Disneyland, which uh, don't have the Matterhorn, um, this ride went straight through the middle of the Matterhorn, which used to have these two big holes in it uh, for the Skyway to pass through. And it took you right past the Abominable Snowman. So I was so excited to get to see the robot without having to do the, what I now know is the most terrifying <laughs> roller coaster ever mm, built. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm trying to think, how old was... What, that was like on your yearly trip when you were younger? Yeah, and this, well, the Skyway was 
gone by 94 when I was like nine years old. So, and I, when did I start? I might have done the Matterhorn finally when I was like 10 or 11. I'm trying to think of where I would have been at. I think I would have been comfortable on the Matterhorn around 10, but I may have still refused the Skyway. I don't know. I'll never know. <laughs> I um, I was trying to think of, like precarious dangling, I was trying to think of a good way to synopsize this little mini theme park syndrome I'm talking about. And I think the phrase I came up with is scaredy cat samples. It was a way like I got to sample the Matterhorn by passing through it on the Skyway. Similarly, the people mover gives you a scaredy cat sample of Space Mountain without having to go on Space Mountain. For sure. Oh, so there should be some like Pope mobile for you to drive around in during horror nights. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Being blockaded, knowing I can. Yeah, they're not going to yeah, get that the... close to you. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, going to be space. You probably can't get in any like tight interactions with any scare actors. Yeah. They can bang on the windows, maybe. But, you know, how, that, how bad is that really? And you can maybe even have like, you know, the, those gloves when you're handing, handling like nuclear rods uh you could like put your hands through there and you could shoo people away oh yeah just, sure uh, you know to make sure they uh, keep their distance so uh, you don't get scared as much as you would going through the regular maze i mean this might be how we all have to experience theme parks um, or life for the yes for the rest of time oh. yes <laughs> all the horror nights or no horror nights we, ha- we each have a little like mech suit like pope mobile that we get into that we have to get into if we leave the house or apartment. So each, uh, every theme park has the capacity for 25 people. Yes. Uh, slash, slash their, their, their vehicles. Their uh, yeah. warrior suit. Oh yeah, we all need the aliens suit, which is slash the avatar suit. It's kind of the yeah. same thing. Um, I, are there any other scaredy cat samples? I mean, I guess sort of, I used, I used to feel this way too, but like, well, at least I get to see on the People Mover, I can see the lobby of Star Tours because I wasn't willing to go on Star Tours yet. Uh, in Florida, yeah, the People Mover. Yeah, you, did you say Space Mountain already? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was one of them. Yeah, yeah. Because okay, that one gets you right. Don't you go between the, the lift hills? That gets you right in there. Uh, I've got one. The train at Disneyland goes through the grand finale of Splash Mountain. That's right. Oh, that was my biggest one. No, it's for me to get. That was the only way that I saw it for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like this, just in general, like rides going through other rides, like whenever it happens, uh, it doesn't matter what the ride, uh, it rules. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's the it's best so thing. It's so good. Uh, I don't know why it's the best thing, but it just happens to be. If we break it down, like, what is it about that that makes it so good? I don't know. That you just get like another angle uh, on a ride you like, or maybe it's like uh, it's like good storytelling where they weave together plots that you didn't expect to be weaved together. It's like the end of a Seinfeld where it all comes together. <laughs> <laughs> it lets you know these rides aren't like separate little bastions. They all they all connect. This is part of one greater whole. Yeah, I guess that might be what it is. Uh, I guess it's the same reason that Marvel makes so much money with yeah their- yeah. Yeah, it's like people are like, yeah, these two movies are connected. The People Mover is part of Space Mountain. And it's also, I guess it's like a good uh, piece of like hype uh, for another ride you're going to go on uh, during the day. 
like if you're going to Disney for the first time or you don't get to go that often, you're going on the, you know, people mover and you're seeing Space Mountain and you're like, oh man, what's that? I got to figure out what that is and we got to go on it. You know what we've never talked about on the show amazingly was the um, the Tiny Toons video, How I Spent My Summer Vacation, where uh, that where Plucky is in a vacation-like struggle to get to... What is the theme park called in it? Do we know? Am I the only one of the three of us? No, who I know exactly the... what you're talking about, and I can't. Yeah, pull I know it. what you're talking about, but I don't know it well. It was it was like a pretty epic tiny. It was like a Tiny Toons mini movie, essentially. I want to say my guess is Happy World Land. I think that's what it is. Um, and it's 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 the same structure as Vacation, where it's this very frustrating trip, but to the, where he he slogs through a terrible time with his friends' family. And at the end of it, I'm going to get to a theme park and all of the struggle will be worth it. Um, but in this case, instead of it being closed, he gets on a monorail, which I think is is like a set of teeth. And it takes him around to see everything in the park. He gets to ride a raid like and there's that and there's that. And it's a joke bag of all these crazy, seemingly kind of violent rides. And then they get off it and he's like, wow, a preview of everything I get to do. And then they tell him, yep, well, uh, that was a lot of fun. We're just we're going to head back now. And he doesn't get to go on any of the rides. And they just went to go on the Toothmobile. <laughs> and, that, and that's it. Um, but it captured that. Yeah. How frustrating is that? But it really captures a little little syndrome of theme park visiting. Like anything like, you know, you know, what's like that is getting to enter Epcot via the monorail. And it kind of takes you around a bunch of Epcot and gives you a preview of what you're going to get when you actually land. Well, there's definitely a bang for the buck, I think. Like like a perceived out of like, wow, look, you get you get this and that. But I think the other thing too is it can if you need like a little like Space Mountain fix and it's an hour 90 minute wait, we just do a little people mover. You at least get a little taste, you know what I mean? You get the theming even if you can, yeah. if you're not willing to devote 3 hours to get the thrill, you get the theming in 5 minutes. And by the way, that ride is called the Tooth Fairy. Fairy being like the vehicle fairy. That's very oh, nice. good. Had that entire episode in Happy World Land are, are very good. Yes. Uh, I'm looking at the opening for Tiny Toons here, and I'm seeing, of course, that the great Frank Marshall produces oh, yes. uh, Tiny Toons. So I just want to shout him out. Uh, f- friend of the show, Frank Marshall. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why not? You know, that's, We're more likely to get him someday. Um if we now we I did I think in a second gate episode talk about that I think he knows stuff about the Twilight Zone uh, deaths but um uh that, that's probably a deterrent to getting him but uh maybe he won't hear that or this uh maybe he won't uh but I assume he will because I assume he listens to as a um, friend of the show yeah, yeah he listens to he main listen. feed uh does not subscribe <laughs> to the Patreon though just regular subscriber unless he uses a pseudonym we don't know who there could be all kinds of people just using fake names yeah that's a good point uh maybe his assistant signed up for the patreon and he listens to uh the patreon <laughs> through the assistant's login and email yeah you got to be careful when you're as prominent as frank marshall yes anything is possible um can i say something about um bringing disneyland vibes home with you uh that i mean for sure this is a thing that i uh, you know, I remember my mom talking about it forever ago, like, what if you could have a V? What if you like in your kitchen, if your little breakfast nook was a Skyway or a people mover? But for the purposes of this episode, the Skyway, uh, what a dream. Uh, that dream, of course, lived by uh, Richard Kraft, 
uh, who we do, we did the show at his gallery. That's from Disneyland. And I didn't realize that at that gallery and auction, there was a sale of a Skyway bucket that was the highest price ever recorded for a Disneyland ride vehicle. Wow. wow. Really? That yeah. was, um, that was like the top money maker for the auction or just for a ride vehicle? I, I, oh, oh, I don't know that. I don't know. It, it did sell for more than the D that sold to, uh, also a friend of the show, David Copperfield. <laughs> 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 he subscribes to the Patreon, uh, but he uses his real name, uh, well, you want to do a, actually uh, maybe a little mini um, Souvenir Smackdown, the ultimate Souvenir Smackdown for the highest price? Uh, you guys want to guess um, what the Skyway Bucket went for? Um, let me... Skyway Bucket sold for... Um, the highest price ever of all time for a Disneyland ride. Dude. $300,000. Jason? Um... Uh, <sighs> Uh, I I'm gonna g- say that might be too high and say fifty thousand. Uh, the correct answer is six hundred twenty-one oh thousand dollars. I was oh under. Oh my god. Yep. Yeah. Um, which you know that has to be somebody. Uh, you know, probably closer to my parents' age. The first clue being that they have uh, money. And the second clue, right. like, of course, like, like to have that, you own a Skyway. But I don't know. I think it was a latter day Sky, Skyway. I don't think it was a, a 50s one. I think it was a post 65 when they, they made a different shape. But yeah, $600,000. Yes. They, wow. yeah, it was a, a four seater one. Did we get a picture of that? Isn't there a, or was that a people mover car? There's I was looking. I don't, I, I, I don't think we did in that unless somebody else has it. Okay, we must have gotten in the people mover car. Yeah, but um, yeah, we are obviously far too young to ever see the circular buckets, which also had uncomfortable looking metal chair things, and you would face a direction compared to the uh, post-65 ones, which were a lot more lightweight plastic, and they could expand. Uh, they, they made it lighter, and then they were able to expand the seating to uh four riders and you sit two facing front two facing back oh oh wait so you you were just on a bench originally you were on these weird like theater seats kind of like fold down theater seats and there wasn't a back the like back of the bucket was sort of the back yeah i was reading about this and i've thought about it like if you were to actually go on all the rides opening day of Disneyland, like how uncomfortable would they all be? Yeah. Because that especially, like what you're describing, of the original seating arrangement, it seems like it would be really cramped and unpleasant. Um, But, you know, you weren't used to being on cool rides in a cool place, so you didn't notice it was so bad. I just saw a, um, a, a Shark Tank pitch that was kind of a weird product that was about um you know like a cloth to put on a swing so that your baby doesn't uh burn him or herself uh, on the metal of a swing and i forgot about that sensation of being on a hot swing and how much that would hurt on a playground i bet a lot of disneyland was like a, a very hot swing all the time oh yeah oh the other thing uh the original skyway buckets had a pole in the middle Wow! What? Just a big like old a, like a party bus. Yeah, uh, I guess <laughs> not I, that kind of. Um, I don't think. Mm, right, right. Well, I don't. Party, I don't think anybody was stripping on it. Uh, 
uh, those poles and party buses are load bearing, so you have to be very careful. <laughs> very careful, script teases. Um, I yeah, I, I well credit to Bob Gurr who designed the new ones and uh, and got them to be a little more comfy. But yeah, this that like brutal nature of the old rides. But I mean, Bob Gurr seems so cool. I mean, to the listener, we've talked about him before, and you can see him in the Imagineering documentary and he was part of the early autopia especially but like for how crazy high tech everything is in the parks now it does seem like so much of original disneyland was you know like well it's called bob like like something breaks down and like hey, i got old bob out here and he comes out with a toolbox and bangs it back into shape he's also, like the, like the handyman in your building and like a handyman and so many of those early guys kind of self-taught how to do all this stuff Oh, yeah, right. Like, yes. In yeah. the documentary, in the Imagineering story, I forget about what ride, but he says, I'm a car guy, not a not a bot guy, not a robot guy. I forget what that was about. But yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> none of these people knew how to do anything. Figure out trigonometry, I think, was his task for in the matter. The big thing in the matter. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah. He designed a, one of the major steel roller coasters in history. Despite his initial reaction when Walt asked him being, ah, no, I can't do that. But now I say they don't know anything, but all these people all across the board didn't know anything, figured it out and pioneered a whole industry, like cracked codes that everybody's still basing all their decisions on decades later. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite is uh, like an Imagineering panel and they'll have Tony Baxter and Bob Gurr. And Tony Baxter is, you know, talking about like imagination and story and how it places you in the story and you're the character, you're the protagonist. Uh, and then Bob Gurr and you ask him about the ride and he goes, uh, yeah, we wanted to make a fast, fun ride and we did it. <laughs> like I made the ride and I spun it around and uh, it didn't work at first, but then it worked. And I guess it's fun. The total contrast uh, is very fun and amusing. And honestly, they're both viable like philosophies with a ride. Like you need both of those brains uh, to do creative work. Yeah, God bless those people. I, I also last night I ended up on a video where uh, um, I think the video is called Two Hipsters Try to Interview Tommy Lee Jones. And uh, it's like two press junket guys are coming in and asking all these highfalutin questions about character work and his Tommy Lee Jones's answer is just like, "No, what are you talking about? I I play a character, I say the lines, and I go home." Like, well, would you ever want to like live as one of your characters for a day? No, they're false. I want to be myself. Yeah, I, I kind of like that that brutalism. Not not everyone should be that way, but uh, it's it's refreshing sometimes. It is, yeah, uh, and it's interesting. Philosophies and everyone's process is different. It's like the Lawrence Olivier line. Uh, like Dustin Hoffman in Marathon Man had to show up really haggard looking and stuff in his scene. So he stayed up all night. And Lawrence Olivier said, Dusty, have you tried acting? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking got him. <laughs> um, there's uh, 
there's a story, uh, I think it was Don Rickles told the story about he was working on some movie with two actors, and I don't remember what the actors, who they were. Uh, and one of them was definitely like a process and character and like really laboring over it. And the other one was like, just say the lines and let's go have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the, like, who cares? Let's get this over with. Um, and I love hearing like philosophical bullshit about people's work and I tend to think like that too, but you know, ultimately you can probably simplify and be like, uh, just say it with a voice that's loud and I'm going to say it sad. <laughs> Louder, faster, angrier. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, ultimately. I do think a lot of that process is to, you know, because the actual amount of time anyone spends acting, unless you're in a play, which runs for hours, the actual process of like acting in front of TV or even doing like what we do doing the podcast isn't that long in the span of a week. So you do have to fill the hours <laughs> and convince your brain you're working like, well, this, this is good. This is contributing to uh, the 30 minutes when I do that. But maybe you don't feel like you have to fill that time and make up that work. If you're 70 years old, an yes. Oscar winner already mad <laughs> yeah maybe you stick to the ships in the bottle you love so much we, we like our uh, we like our our process people and we like our cranks too yes cranks and process people good balance in favor of both of those balance. yeah yeah um, um skyway it, stuff oh yes yeah. so you, jason yes well scott i had some questions for you uh because i'm assuming you rode the disneyland skyway more than disney world like i i have thoughts and stuff a lot on the disney world one but i wanted to ask like it feels like the skyway going through the matterhorn it, it was one of those things that like oh this is probably grandfathered in because the walls look very close to these buckets oh yeah sure um yeah i guess it was yeah it did feel very close yeah you definitely felt like you could r reach out and touch that that rock although you shouldn't and you know there. There's problems with reaching out of the skyway, which we'll get to, I imagine. Um, yeah, even though uh, the skyway opened first and it was open for a year and then they closed it to build the Matterhorn. Which and is they bizarre. Which yeah. Is so crazy. They opened it and then like 18 months later, they're like, all right, put it on yeah. the shelf. Almost immediately. And then, yeah, and then they built the Matterhorn where the main support pillars were uh, for the, the skyway. Like, so that... I guess the Matterhorn's like oh, in the dead center of the where the Skyway track used to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah well, there was a big beam on uh, the old Holiday Hill where everyone would go to neck the the dirt grass mound. <laughs> yeah, Disney really should bring back some sort of a dirt grass mound so we can all <laughs> neck, so we can do we can do more necking at Disneyland. Skyway seems like it'd be good for necking, you know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I mean, people will be able to see it though. It's not as good as like Haunted Mansion. That's true. Because uh, it was, you, you can do it. It's just that, like, you know, people are going to look up and see people necking. Um, it was gone by the time I was doing any necking. Um, <laughs> I, my, my neck career had not began in 1994. Mm -hmm. um, now, the opposite happened, of course, and, and I know we've talked about this, and I, I don't remember w what episode, but um, in one of the... I want to say before any of the any of the TGIF shows proper got to 
Disneyland or Disney World. And most of them went to Disney World. So it's actually rare to see a show at Disneyland. Blossom went to Disneyland. Oh, I think I talked about it on Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln because one of the characters talks to Lincoln, who I think sounds like a Brooklyn-y guy or something. I don't Am I making that up? Or is he just like, no, maybe he's still Lincoln, but just like, I'm bolted to the floor. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't remember, I it remember it exactly. Voice. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, the, yeah, the opposite occurs where Blossom and Six are in a Skyway car and they look down and see Blossom's boyfriend. Wait, not not necking, but hugging another woman. And they get mad and they throw ice at the boyfriend. But then it turns out to be his sister, I believe. I think that's the story. Cousin, I think. Oh, cousin. Okay. Um, but again, Co- I'm sure I said this before. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Um, I. Uh, it's just so weird that they were willing to show that. And then in the scene that they say, like, you remember when we used to get up, up here and throw ice at people? So, like, <laughs> why would Disney agree to let them film a show where they encourage throwing ice at people? Yeah, that's, yeah, that is weird. Really off-brand. And off-brand to let Lincoln talk, and they might even call him the Skybuckets. I know they get some, like, facts wrong in that show. There's definitely some, like, off-brand stuff going on in that episode. I mean, really it weird. Is, it is refreshing because that's back when, you know, you everything wasn't micromanaged quite yeah. as much, so stuff would sneak through like that. That doesn't it, happen in the modern family, like, shoots at Disneyland era. Right. Yeah, they have they to are, read big old instruction manuals before they can write a script even. Right. The, the episode is about uh, being safe on a ride and how good the ride is. I assume. <laughs> I assume. I haven't seen these episodes. Um, but uh, I don't know. Is there... Well, so the... W- seeing the... Going through the Matterhorn and seeing the the snowman in the middle, that, that was sort of like a good middle beat of your Skyway Passage, no matter which way you were going. Uh, did you do you guys feel like the Disney World version was lacking at all because there was not such a um, a landmark in the middle? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say uh, no because for much of the time of the Skyway's life in Florida, you had um, you had a lot of interesting stuff. You didn't have a big like kind of set piece moment of going through a mountain. But you got some uh, amazing view of the Twenty Thousand Leagues Lagoon. And oh yeah, I that that uh, that looks incredible. There's a lot of Disney World ride throughs on the Skyway um, on YouTube, and I think it is because it is one of the few rides that you can you could in the late '90s pick up your brick of a camcorder and get the whole ride and get some good footage. And it's pretty clear because it's very sunny. So like, but it's, I mean, it's as good as standard deaf consumer video could be. So it's also a little foggy, a little dreamlike. Um, but uh, the big, the big get for me was finding a 96 video where you can hear like the, the people mover narration from the skyway and then you go behind the castle cake. And, um, yeah, this might've been the height of culture. This might've been the high point. The castle cake in the skyway? <laughs> the castle cake, riding the skyway, looking at the castle cake, looking at 20,000 leagues. 
Um, Seeing the incomplete view of the castle cake from behind. See, yes. Now, they they should have followed the Steve Jobs uh, adage about, like, you've got to finish the back of the drawer, too. you got to make the back, the very back of the drawer look good, too. Especially if, uh, you know, thousands of people are going to pass by the back of the drawer. Yeah, but (laughs) I I found a lot. I mean, clearly, a lot of people took picture of, like, of the castle cake on the Skyway. And, uh... Yeah, I just loved it. Um, I have a very me story about it. Oh, oh do tell. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think I've told this on the uh, the, the show once. So um, I, I think this would have been like 99, like summer 99, like months before it closed. Um, when I would go down with my family, I mean, I would go pretty hard, like sun up, sun down. And uh Eventually, there would be a day where you would just hit a wall, and we we were in Fantasyland pretty early in the day, and we were going to take the Skyway to Tomorrowland, and I I had just started drinking occasionally iced coffee, and I was like, I am I am not going to make it through this. I need a little boost, and so got out of the line and ran to the restaurant right next to it to get an iced coffee, but that took way too long. So then I had to get back in line and weave through the line with uh, with a tiny cup of iced coffee. And you have to think, it's 1999, so theme park iced coffee is probably mostly corn syrup. And they did not think about lids and straws, apparently, back then. So I am trying to find my family and guzzle this coffee before I get on the Skyway because it doesn't have a lid. And they were, I got there just in time. It was like the, the, the Mark Twain Sunday uh, decades before. <laughs> decades later, I relived the experience trying to get a Sunday before the Golden Horseshoe closed. And uh, I did it, and I was probably just vibrating for hours after that. Well, that's your yeah. That's another one of your Ethan Hunt moments. Yes, that's right. <laughs> your saved- pursuit of treats and slow moving rides—they they should counteract each other, but you find a way to to make them work. <laughs> that's right. Like- I turned the Skyway into a thrill ride. <laughs> You were trying, like when you were trying to finish a, a whole birthday sheet cake and get on living with the land in, in 10 minutes flat. Yeah, no one wanted any. I offered. <laughs> Running through Epcot eating a sheet cake to get on living with the land before close. And one handed too, because I, I got to hold the sheet cake with the other hand. So Yeah, of course. Uh, but you did it. You made it. I did it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was about to. I was about to hum the Mission Impossible theme, and it was about to come out as the James Bond theme. <laughs> no, no, we went through this. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I confuse. I'm confused. Skyfall Fallout. You know, I, to mix up the metaphors more. I mean, I I find all of this to be like Indiana Jones barely escaping, but you know, reached through to grab his hat at the exactly, last second for sure. Yeah, you know yeah. what Florida did have uh, the the real set piece was the turnabout station. Mm. Uh, do tell uh oh well much like the skyliner has a uh point where there is a station you do not get off at uh it is just purely mechanical for the uh path to curve 
So um, you you can watch in the videos. You had to. There was a certain point where it, it's not. It wasn't a straight line to Tomorrowland. It had to uh, curve slightly at one point. So they had to readjust the cable. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, so you were, when you were a child, you were excited about the, the turnabout station? Well, it was just sort of like, why? Well, look at this weird thing. Look, look how strange there's a cast member waving at you. Hey, well, you can't get off here. Don't try to get up. Well, they wouldn't position a person. <laughs> there would usually be a person there. Yeah. Keeping an eye on stuff. I know what you mean. Cause it's so functional and unfriendly but they make it friendly with a little walmart greeter person i I guess i would have felt the same way this is so like coldly mechanical to be in a theme park ride yeah um i don't i i really have very few memories of the disney world one other than just like i see pictures and i'm reminded of it because i think i went on it once when i was very little maybe my first trip and then never again i think i went on it once and even when I was older and we went, I did not want to go on it. Wow. So I have, I have my memories of it and from Disney World are just like a, one picture of me in it. And I think I look a little distressed. I, I'll ask my mom if she can find this picture. Oh, you got it. Yes. As much uh, scared hope, childhood content as we can get. I hope it's as good. Yeah. I hope it's as good as I'm building it up. There's also a possibility I went on one version of this at Six Flags Great America. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let me see if that's in my chart. I think it might be. Um, <laughs> wait, okay. Wait, no. California's Great America is a different thing. It might be closed, whatever you're talking about. I think whatever I'm talking about is closed. Mm. Um, but so, yeah. So there's got to be something like that. I always liked, I always liked seeing it, but I think it even stressed me out walking under it. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna drop. These are going to drop. People like... It's going to fall because look at that cord. It's so thin. The cord is so, so thin. thin. It's, the cable is thin. How it does. It Yeah, it, it does feel weird. It still is odd looking at it in anything like this. The mechanics shouldn't make sense, but obviously there are not constant accidents on on skyways, on these Von Roll attractions or on uh, uh, on on ski uh, resort chairlifts. Right. Well, this once, oh, once in a while, but mostly not. This was one that Disney was the trendsetter on because once they put this in Disneyland, uh, following that, then they they've installed like hundreds of these in amusement parks throughout the country, and some of them, a lot of them gone, a lot of them gone because of, you know, uh, at the time it was a very affordable way to get the the oh look they have this at Disneyland and we have it too, but there's a lot of concerns about safety, uh, although not too many incidents uh at disney that said these the other thing is these things can get a little expensive to operate Um, yeah i i just in my count of just the company von roll that built the disney one um only that company (laughs) alone they uh there's they have built 30 that have since closed oh yeah yeah, and there's a list. I was reading a list of ones that they have that are still open, and that looks like I don't want to count again, but you know, maybe like twelve to fourteen. So I'd so two thirds of these that were ever open uh, across the world are now closed. Wow. Uh, the one that I think of in this, not it, it's a little different. Obviously, it's much more shaped like a ski lift kind of thing. Is um, Santa Cruz? The Santa Cruz Boardwalk still has 
uh, a cable thing, but it, it, it's much more like a bench with a, a lap bar that goes up right. and down the boardwalk that looks like this. Santa Cruz Boardwalk, which I've been told multiple times, uh, there's stuff worth talking about. There's dark rides there. I don't remember the details now, but I, I we we got to hit that at some point. Yeah, I want to go there. It's it's just um, it's it's that distance where it's like ah, a pain in the ass to get to in California. <laughs> Little bit, anything over like any, anything further than Vegas feels like a, a big commitment. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was just gonna say I do think probably I think in the Skyliner type the enclosed gondola i think is very uh in vogue right now i think that's sort of the new version of this and i think that like disney was looking at ways with disney world to increase um mobility and do it not with some expensive thing and i think that it seems like that's the the enclosed version of this now is maybe going to be something that other places look at universal i think there's a rumor that they were talking about a version of this for Orlando. Jason, am I correct? Well, yeah, I I heard that rumor. There's some sort of unconventional uh, or like forward-thinking transit system. Uh, I think the only thing with something like this, like a, you hear them called like urban gondolas, is to get from like the main Universal campus to the Epic Universe plot of land, you would have to send it over uh, I-4, <laughs> <laughs> sure. So a little complicated once you start getting into uh, crossing highways. Oh, yeah. And is the city really going to be fine with them like sending a gondola everywhere? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they got all sorts of transits because they're building these high-speed rails, this virgin rails in um, Florida, where like, oh, there's going to be a stop in front of the convention center. So if effectively by Epic Universe, and then there's talk about uh, a stop at Disney World somewhere um, and the airport. So we'll we'll see what happens in Orlando. That's one thing with these is that, it, I mean, the Skyway, like the People Mover, is one of those, and the monorail is one of those Walt attempts at, um, you know, displaying a potentially future forward thinking way of uh, transporting, especially in a, uh, in a city. It's like a back, it was like a backdoor pilot for efficient <laughs> travel in the actual world. Yeah. The, that was uh, sort of an ulterior motive he had, is trying to uh, improve movement. The, the Mork planners. and Mindy of um, <laughs> <laughs> transportation planning. Hey, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger the Fourth. Hi, hi, hi. Can't we, wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Uh, because I was looking at that uh, that really nice Tashin Disneyland book yeah. um, to see if they said anything about the Skyway. And there was this one little, this this place that I'd never heard of that they name check. They basically say that um, the Skyway came out of Walt's fascination with ski lifts. And he was interested in ski lifts because he was associated with a place called the Sugar Bowl Ski Resort in Lake <laughs> Tahoe. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of this in, in Disney lore? I no. I feel like it, it comes up in relation to like Mineral King. Another... Yes, which I I've, I've never actually sat down and figured out what all that 
is about and his association with, I don't know, I, I know these phrases, I know Squaw Valley and some Olympics yeah. thing, and I, I don't really know the, the deal with any of that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I um, just, I know, I've heard Mineral I know the Mineral King. <laughs> I mean, essentially a very nice ski resort, but also there'd be country bears, <laughs> there'd be shows. <laughs> Uh, so yes. that's another one for our docket. That yeah. that and Ford's Magic Skyway. It sounds like heaven on earth. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, a secluded resort where you <laughs> hang out with them. Uh, was this somewhere? In, was this in our fandom somewhere on a Facebook group or something? But I I, I didn't realize that um, there was like a little mini country bear show at at Fort Wilderness um, in in Disney World. Does this sound familiar to you, Mike? That doesn't sound familiar. I don't. I didn't see that. I, I at least on our Facebook. I'm not always checking our Facebook page, but sometimes. But I, I that, don't think that, I saw or, that. Or that was was that in like Defunct Land World or something? I uh, God, I I don't know. Um, yeah, I think there was some mini country. Oh no, wait. I'm sorry. It was a show with um, either the buffalo or the moose. It was like well, like there was one of those characters in the hotel that oh, would do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I again, don't let me. Uh, it was Melvin I need to vet the these Moose. things before I talk about them. Okay, uh huh. Melvin the Moose. It was the resort. It was for breakfast. It was like a breakfast show. A breakfast yes. show. Like character. It was a character breakfast, but I think he was also just on the wall there. Yeah, here's a picture of it. Oh, neat. Uh, it's a great photo that makes it look like it's from 1960, but of course it was not. <laughs> um, but here I'm sending that to you guys now. Ooh. This is Wilderness Lodge or the the maybe that's what I mean. At Fort Wilderness. Well, this is Fort Wilderness. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I do see that. I mean, it's interesting. Those early like uh, lodging places all kind of had their own w- little cultural stuff. The Polynesians has hung on- along the longest, um, but like contemporary used to have like uh, Broadway cabaret ship. Like people would fly down and do like shows and stuff it's like a dinner theater kind of thing and yeah helen ready uh yeah like uh, tommy tune doing a show up there Um, and just all the chicken soaking in heavy cream you could want (laughs) gelatin gelatin laced goose yes domestic (laughs) wine that tastes like just awful it tastes like paint thinner uh gelatin (laughs) goose uh <laughs> Lemon wine, seventies <laughs> mm. <laughs> food. That's right. a whole episode too. We should just like look at a lot of menus from Disney places in like seventy one. That's not a bad episode in general. Yeah, um, uh, Gelat- gelatin everywhere. Yeah, I don't know why. Next to like cottage cheese. Do you feel like seventies buffets yes. at Jello and cottage cheese everywhere? Yes. yes, cottage cheese for sure. We uh, we had a cottage cheese in the house, like I think all the time as a child. I almost bought it. <laughs> really? I almost bought, well, I almost bought the like the yogurt version where the other like a few weeks ago, where you dump the um like fruit, the fruit goo into it. You know. Oh, interesting. Uh, we would have. Uh, we would definitely. Mom would make us cottage cheese and yogurt. Oh. <laughs> That what? was what we would have. <laughs> what? It's funny you say that because obviously that phrase, and I haven't said that phrase out loud in uh, 20 years, but that is what, yeah, she would just give us a bowl of cottage cheese and yogurt. You know, I double dairy, I, that does remind me, I was not a peanut butter and jelly kid, but at my house, we liked uh, cream cheese and jelly sandwiches. Really? Yes. Which is not 
Um, I mean, that was just fast track to being a chubby child. I'll tell you what. Uh, a lot less nutrients than peanut butter. A real fast. There's nothing helpful for you in that. Nothing a real helpful. Fast pass, a fast pass to chubbiness. A fast pass to being a chubby child. Isn't that, looking back, how... Because I don't think you were genetically so, well, I don't know. I don't know what you were like at three or four, but like, and, and you're not now. And so that, so when you were, it was because of your parents. So if you were getting made fun <laughs> of at school, um, it's like not your doing in the least. Yes. Well, I was a kid who was like, I'm not really big on fruit, but I love potato chips. Like just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I mean, that's been me during the quarantine. Well, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, I've I've I like I, I've trimmed all of that down. It's like, look, if you still want to go hog on cookies and ice cream, which I do, uh, <laughs> I cut back all the other stuff. I, I drink soda like so little. Like that was a big one. I I stopped drinking soda one summer in high school, and I dropped like ten pounds immediately. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I mean, I like what, this would be a lunch I would have: a liver sausage sandwich, <laughs> uh, a package of Lay's potato chips, a bit like a a carton of like two percent milk. That was like kind of gross because like pieces of the carton would have fallen off a little bit into the milk. So you'd have to use a straw, hopefully, like hopefully not get pieces of the carton. Uh, and then two Swiss cake rolls, like a package <laughs> of two Swiss cake rolls. Uh, yeah, Swiss cake. I mean, that was dessert <laughs> after your healthy lunch of white bread sandwiches and chips. White bread, liver sausage, chips, uh, disgusting milk, and <laughs> then a chocolate dessert. We, I, I imagine, I think all of us, every child between, you know, well, probably before, let's, let's go, but every child between like uh, 1972 and 2003, I think just reeked. <laughs> just every, just the, <laughs> the gassiest, shittiest, like every elementary, every auditorium or uh, cafeteria there, must have just been like, there, there was a kid who sat next to me and I think th ooh, third grade and I, he smelled like bologna all day. <laughs> and I don't know if that was just because he would have his lunch that was, I think, bologna every day. But I was like, it's just the bologna smell is so strong. And I would eat bologna, too. That would be in the rotation as well. A bologna sandwich, a liver sausage sandwich, peanut butter, and then once in a while, a turkey sandwich. But this kid was bologna smell 24-7. <laughs> I, oh towards the end of high school, I think everyone started carrying bottled water more or we get like opt for the bottled water at lunch instead of milk. And I just remember going like, well, the, a lot more homework and getting into college is depressing. But um, I think I was dehydrated from K to 10th grade. I think I would just end the day totally logy and dehydrated from not having besides a sip of water at water fountains. Yes, and, there were, and the water fountains were all gross as shit. Like, just, yeah. like, lukewarm, and, like, you smelled the metal when you were getting up close to take a drink. And, like, yeah, you would barely have any of it. You might have a little after gym. Yeah. But you weren't having, like, a glass of water. You were just probably having, like, a lunch, a lunch milk, and that was it. The years you just described, Jason, this is a breakthrough, because all those years, I feel the same way, and I had... 
just a beet red face all of that time. <laughs> so much so that I thought I genuinely had the condition rosacea, which I, I don't have today. And I think it might be because I drink water. Yes. <laughs> water is gross for uh, the older generation, I think, still a section of it. It's funny. I, ha I, I know this is correct. I know I'm doing the right thing, but having a very young baby right now, I'm like, but you don't give them water? Still doesn't seem right. Right. Seems like they need water, right? But I mean, that's, I know that's not how babies work. It's just weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's all—it's funny how like this isn't like three hundred years. We're talking like three hundred years ago. It was uh, what ten, twenty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know yeah. not long ago <laughs> at all. Well, it just goes to show that stuff can be—you uh, know—stuff that you think is true now can be overturned very quickly. Which is why I'm not vaccinating this child <laughs> whatsoever. Well. <laughs> I don't know. All right, well. I don't know. If this is a time to go around bragging about. <laughs> well, when we've watched everyone freak out about this sham disease, it's uh, locked us, prisoned us in our homes for so long. Why would I vaccinate this boy? Huh. Well, we're gonna do an episode where we explore that on the Patreon, uh, and we'll get to that later. Well, yes, the uh, sky, the sky boys also get into blue skying, a, a better world where we have more freedoms. <laughs> The sky, well, uh, sky, sky trails. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say sky. sky boy? Did you say sky boys? Oh wait, what are we talking about? Sky guys. Sky, sky guys. guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Your sky son is the sky boy. <laughs> hey, look at the sky boy over there. That's how he gets to Neverland. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he cannot fly. <laughs> you, I will teach him the song. You cannot fly. You cannot fly. You cannot fly. <laughs> uh, no pan. <laughs> um, uh, okay, wait. But let's go back into the sky. Let's go yeah, into the sky yeah. into. A ski lift, a ski lift at the Sugar Bowl Ski Resort in Lake Tahoe. This is one of the strangest avenues of uh, Walt dry fact uh, I've ever heard, but it's uh, I found it to be such a strange rabbit hole. So um, Walt in the 30s took a trip to Yosemite. There was a guy who was a ski instructor who was just a world class, like one of the great skiers in the world, apparently uh, named Hannes Schroll. And uh, he was not only a major skier. He was a major yodeler, and he would do his jumps while yodeling. Just so you'd be do you'd be doing your ski thing, and then you just hear this yodel booming across the mountain, and it's this guy. He's kind of crazy, sort of a kook, uh, you know, an Austrian guy, and proud of it, and uh, you know, just kind of a like spirited weird guy uh, who who uh, you know helped and you know helped Walt get more interested in skiing. Um, and they met, really got along, stayed in contact. Uh, and then this guy wanted to build a ski resort, started uh, building a ski resort in Lake Tahoe. And as he did so, uh, uh, Austria got annexed by Hitler and all his money got locked up. So he didn't have the money he needed to finish his resort. He reached out to people he knew with a lot of money, such as Walt Disney, who paid him the vast fortune of twenty five hundred dollars, which what? apparently went a long way in the 30s. And helped this guy finish this resort. Uh, so indebted was this person um, to Walt that he renamed what used to be one of the two mountains that were part of this property. Uh, it was called Hemlock Peak, and he renamed it Mount Disney. Whoa! I had I had no idea about this in Lake Tahoe. In our state, there is a Mount Disney. Wow! I didn't know either. Yeah, never heard any of this. Um, clearly, now something we have to do before the podcast is over is go ski Mount Disney. Yeah, really. Um, but so, 
one of the strange things about it, some of the Walt funds went to um, building a, a chairlift, which was the uh, opened in 1939 and was the first chairlift installed in California, was up and down uh, Mount Disney. And when Walt went to check it out, he was so fascinated by it and the mechanics of it and was like, we should have something like this in the parks. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah all a weird, um, interesting run in with this guy. But it it doesn't quite stop there because there's one, there's one more little thing. Right around this time, because of uh, his interaction with Hannes, uh, Walt, is, Walt loves skiing and he starts to make a cartoon about skiing, a cartoon starring Goofy, mm-hmm. the art of skiing which was the first of the goofy instructional cartoons. And uh, he thought a cool thing for this might be to have a bunch of yodeling strung through the short. So he contacted Hannes and said, would you like to do some yodeling? It just is kind of the score for this thing. And he did. And if you listen, if you watch that, uh, that short, which is on Disney plus, it's this, this guy, the guy who built this chairlift and uh, established Mount Disney. Uh, And not only that, while he was in the VO booth, because this guy did all these crazy yells and yodels while he skied, he said, you want to try some other stuff? And he did. And he made the sound, Yahoo-hoo-hoo-y! the goofy holler. Um, it was, the goofy holler was not done by the voice of goofy Pinto Colva. It was done by this, this yodeler skier guy. Wow. Um, and <laughs> that sound is in all of the goofy cartoons. And now it's like something you expect out of Goofy, but it was done by this guy and it was done for zero dollars. <laughs> Walt tricked him. Oh, Walt. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, the iconic Goofy sound was done for free. Wow. Yes. That's anytime Goofy gets hurt, you want to hear that yell. Yes. And now and the current voice, Bill Farmer, learned how to do it. He like that's like part of the repertoire and he can demonstrate how to do it. And he talks in interviews about how it was this guy who uh, who cracked it. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. All of that. All of Walt's like interests. It all spreads out through the whole history of the company. Like he loves like nothing is random. It all like he found a way to incorporate all of his interests somewhere. Right. All the wed people would probably just white knuckling it. When Walt would go on vacation, they're like, oh, God, what's he going to come back with now? (laughs) What sort of whirly bird gizmo is he going to be like, build me one of these five stories tall? Yeah, that is true. I think that isn't that what he was that the Matterhorn or something where he was like, build me one of these boys. The Matterhorn, the petrified tree. Well, (laughs) by that, he was just like, buy it. Send it to Disneyland. (laughs) Just Uh, anywhere he would go. Yeah. Yeah, what would be the biggest problem to figure out? I mean, if I guess if he, you know, anything dangerous, if he saw like sword swallowers or something, um, yeah, figure out how to get, figure out how to uh, inject swords <laughs> into the guest mouths. <laughs> yeah, or like he went to the Grand Canyon and was like, uh, uh, "Dig a big hole in Disneyland. Get rid of it all. I want a big hole. I want a big hole." <laughs> yeah, it's probably less dangerous, more just frustrating stuff. Like, I want the streets of New Orleans in this park, and it's like, oh man. Like what? All right, <laughs> just make them little, fine. Yeah, make them smaller. But he said they had to be like full size, and they have to be the exact same size as the streets. He went, yeah, but just build it this way, and maybe he won't notice. He'll forget about it. <laughs> we have to build Northern Lights here, and they can't be done with lamps. <laughs> Walt says we need to harness real sky power. Disneyland needs its own sun. 
<laughs> we don't even know what he means by that. He wants his Does own it... functioning son, and and he wants the he wants the, to control the tides somehow. Does it have to block the regular the... sun, or can it work in conjunction with it? No, he wants he wants he wants two sons, the real one and a fake one. <laughs> and a good. Does it go opposite the regular sun? Or, he, didn't, uh, just... he didn't say. He didn't say. He just said he just said he wanted one and He's left. Afraid we're going to start doing it, and then it'll be the opposite of what he wants. And he asked if I was wanting to join a union, and I said, of course, no. And then he left. Good. And then he w- left. He just walked out. And I don't even know anything about mechanics. I'm his paper boy. <laughs> got to build a. I got to build an artificial heat source in the sky. <laughs> He did though. That paper boy and that paper boy's name was uh Bob Gurr. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you overlook that that yeah, Disneyland's second son for the first four months of operation. Yeah. Which you uh, which crashed to the ground and crushed the original castle, which had to be rebuilt from scratch. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a little that little known fact about it. Um, yeah, don't believe any of those weird Facebook posts you see about the the grandchildren of the people who were crushed. Um, they're all liars and truthers. Yeah, don't uh, never happened. <laughs> no one died. What are they talking about? Yeah, that's yeah. Don't Facebook is a cesspool. Obviously, yes. <laughs> <laughs> For that reason and that reason alone, Disneyland rumors. <laughs> I don't know anything else about anything else. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going Facebook, on. But I know the Disneyland rumors and memes are out of control. Except um, our Facebook group, which is nice and good, and you should it, join it. It is, and go yeah. join it, and I'll, I'll save me a plug uh, for the end of the show. Yeah. Save um, your plug. Speaking of uh, danger uh, at Disneyland, um, the this attraction ultimately closed in 1994, and it's a little muddy why it did. Um, because, and I, I, you'll definitely listen to people who say, well, somebody fell out of the thing into a tree and so they had to close it you will maybe even hear people say somebody fell out of it and died and thus they had to close it and i imagine we all looked into this a little bit mm-hmm. yeah and found uh what hopefully is the, the the truth behind it which is certainly that nobody died okay well someone did die um, uh what oh not at well no i'm oh, sorry well not not the what it's in 94 nobody died not 94 no not okay. 94 it was uh far more boring uh no. An explan- no, sorry. It, the the reason they closed it. It seemed like it seemed like money stuff. It seemed like they got on a trend um especially uh, well, I guess more in Florida where when a new thing would open, they would close an old thing. Yeah, which in this case in Disneyland, it seemed to be an Indiana Jones adventure based closure and it's not like it was one-to-one it's not like all the skyway employees went over to indiana jones it's just kind of well if we're gonna increase costs over here we have to cut costs somewhere else right they were talking about maybe even like changing it and increasing the amount of people that could be on one car oh really like sick they were gonna see if they could do six wow but i think ultimately they just were like uh low hourly capacity and expensive to run hmm Okay. Factors. Sure. And it it does. I mean, like the the incident you're talking about, somebody slipped out of it, and some people like they think it was on purpose. Well, if uh, maybe the 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 falling wasn't on purpose, unless he was just like fishing for 
a lawsuit or something. But when the when the lawsuit happened, it seemed like an accident. It seemed like maybe he leaned against the door and fell out of the door. But what counteracts that is that the handle on the outside is such that you'd have to reach around and grab it and unlock it and and fiddle with it um, before it to open it all. Like you could not open it from the inside. And then I think there was actually video from a guest of him fiddling with the handle too. So for sure he reached outside and, and uh, did it to himself. Right. So I would assume like all these factors maybe add up to like, you know, maybe the ride isn't like so secure. Yeah. Like, and in addition to what it's low capacity and all and money and blah, blah, blah. They're like, yeah, maybe, not, maybe not worth it. <laughs> not worth it. Um, I, I found a good little quote, though. Uh, I was just talking about Austria. Now, here's a quote from a, from a German uh, tourist, uh, Birgit Klein. I forget what article I found this in, but the, maybe in the LA Times about, about the accident. Uh, and just somebody random at Disneyland they were talking to, like, are you upset about this, uh, this accident? Does it make you worried about going on any of these rides? And uh, uh, she said... Well, while the man's fall was unfortunate, uh, it, it, it well, the, actually, sorry, the, the article says, while the man's fall was unfortunate, it would not have dampened her frolicking. Nothing too terrible can happen on such a wonderful day, said Klein, slurping on a strawberry ice cream in the parking lot. <laughs> what a delightful. I imagine she skipped away. <laughs> Glad and lays it later, Hosen. <laughs> Nothing can dampen my frolic. What was it? Dampen my frolicking? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't honestly say this was her quote. I wish it was. Uh, like Nothing could dampen my frolicking. <laughs> um, Jason, Jason, if you could say that from now on. Oh, nothing will dampen my frolicking? Yeah, if that could just be sort of in your repertoire of, of phrases. Yeah, got it. We'll do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Lodged in there, surprise us with it when we uh, least expect. Uh, what what I came across for the closure, um, it seems like you know a, a lot of people talk about the ADA um, issues, but because it was so old, it was grandfathered in. So that was like not the front uh, at the front of their minds. The other excuse was stress fractures. Um, inside the Matterhorn supports um, and metal fatigue at right. various spots. Well, which people kind of sounds like bullshit. Well, but I also though I've read that the Matterhorn is kind of falling apart. I mean, there was a piece not long ago that just fell down. Yes, on oh. the track. So from what I've read and understand, and uh, you know, it's probably from some message board, uh, micetown.net. Uh, I don't remember which one it is, Uh, that I think the Matterhorn will have to be torn down within the next, like, 25 years. Whoa. Like, it's decaying, so they'll have to rebuild it or put something else there. Oh, my God. So I don't know. I don't know if this is 100% true, but it does seem like the building might be falling apart anyway, so there might be some truth to that as well. Oh, this is, that's pretty crazy. Do you think it's, uh, do you think they can take it down in an implosion kind of way because i love implosions when they blow up uh you know vegas casinos, casinos to build new yeah. ones but maybe I it's think... not maybe it's built in such too weird of a way to do that i wonder yeah i don't know if that's the way to do it i feel like stuff is pretty close to it that you might not want to chance something flying and hitting something else but oh. maybe a tiny implosion i don't know i don't know i don't know if there's a size you have to have for an implosion but mm. it would be, I also think like with buildings sometimes, I, I don't know 
like a building is you know structured in a certain way and maybe like a symmetrical way that leads to a very organized implosion oh that's a good point yes because all the floors are identical and there's probably a center and elevator banks and but the, yeah. the matterhorn's very like chaotic and fake natural so i could be wrong but i i feel like we're not going to get a crazy matterhorn implosion in the next yeah, 25 years yeah. i think it'll have to be like taken apart in a much slower manner though that would be fun it would be fun if they sort of made uh like a phantasmic show or uh, uh one of the firework performances uh culminate in the matterhorn blowing up yeah yes yes an ap event to go watch the matterhorn blow up oh and here oh oh and and like the uh like this like the sword in the stone you have a bunch of kids go up to like a tnt box and like maybe they don't it, like it doesn't push down for every kid but then one special kid pushes down on the tnt box and it blows up the matterhorn <laughs> Hell yes, yes. Like the yeah. knots, those knots TNT boxes over at their uh, their, I can't think of the name of it. The rapids ride, the, the river rapid, yeah, Calico River, Calico rapids. River Rapids. And if they, I don't want to endanger anybody, but if they could do one last Tinkerbell flight from there within like five minutes of the blow up so it's so it seems like tinkerbell escaping oh it should be like mission impossible the first one when ethan is puts the gum on the helicopter and blows it up and he like shoots off of the helicopter from the explosion and lands on the train yeah it should be like something like that yeah, and I almost don't, you know, look, I, as I've established, I'm not the biggest Peter Pan fan, so I don't even know if I want to give such a cool moment to Tinkerbell. I kind of want this to be Mickey Mouse. I want it to be the man himself. <laughs> Red light! Green light! <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so Mickey is going to fly on a wire now. Does he have a jet pack? Does he have, like, a jet pack or something? Because you have to... Tinkerbell can fly, so that's why she flies... Space Mickey, Spaceman Mickey, in the silver suit with the with the fishbowl, you yes, know? Yes, yes, bring that back, absolutely. Okay, that's good. I mean, I Hook. guess he could, you know what, I guess he also, he could still be Space Suit Mickey, I guess he could just scale the Matterhorn, and then the wire is him flying away as it blows up. Yeah, this Mickey is just becoming Dr. Oppenheimer. <laughs> I've become death, destroyer of worlds, just watching it from I, a distance. I built this. I can destroy it. I, I, would, uh, I create life. I take it away. I would be, I'm a little concerned because I watched a documentary, a short documentary on YouTube recently about one of the last standing casinos, in va- like old, old casinos that they blew up maybe three years ago. And, um, it had multiple towers and the older tower they found asbestos in and they're like, okay, we can't blow that one up tonight. We got to just do the one and then we'll do that one another time. Unfortunately, the tower they did blew up hit the asbestos tower and released asbestos into the air. Oh, <laughs> what? No. Do you yeah. know what hotel this was? Oh God, I forget. Let me, I'll try and find it. Oh man, that's uh. I think we've talked about this. Can we do an episode about Vegas implosions? This yeah. has been an obsession of mine for so long, and the, the fact that they 
as as I'm sure I've said before, one of the great you, you know, Jason, you said the peak of culture was uh, seeing 90. the the castle cake from the Skyway. Yeah, uh, I and well, right around the same time was is when the Treasure Island pilot, pirates uh, blew up whatever hotel was on what is the now the Bellagio <laughs> spot. Uh, which was I we discovered also in a made for TV movie starring Steve Wynn <laughs> where he acts. <laughs> uh-huh. I, oh my. And then another one of these implosions is in Mars attacks. I mean, like when they use the implosions in other things and the news would do a full like two hours on it. Just the the greatest television ever. Uh, every, every, Emmys every year should still be given to 90s Vegas implosion coverage. Yes. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I have not actually had that as much of an active thought, but I, I know exactly what you're saying, but I haven't, like, it wasn't in the forefront of my mind, but as you're saying that, yes, I do have a lot of affection for all this these implosions. It's so it great, the, and we're obviously all so terrified by buildings exploding. I mean, what could be scarier than that? So to do it on purpose, to wrangle it ourselves and have no one get hurt except for when asbestos was released into the Vegas air. <laughs> It was mm-hmm. the Riviera. It was the Riviera a few years ago. Wait, what? This wasn't in the 90s? This was the recent yeah. <laughs> blow up of the Riviera? That was just there. I was I was in that not long ago. I, I think it was 2016. 20, this was uploaded in like 2016. It's a local news like documentary. Wow. Oh my God. That's so stupid. I was, I was sure this was, these were heathens who didn't know better in 83 not did <laughs> just happened i didn't i didn't know when i went to vegas i was like what is that white building and i'm like the tropicana is still standing like the like that oh, i yeah. feel like is one of the, the handful of ones left and there's a tropicana in atlantic city but a totally different like logo and aesthetic so i uh, they might be owned by the same people but you never know Feels yeah, feels very old. Yeah, that yeah. you feel the the sixties um, in in that building. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. Well, that's future one. I'd love to do that. Were we on some other point? We're, ta- we're talking about we're, taking it down. Oh wait, sorry, it down. Jason. So, somebody not to dwell on it, but somebody died in the in uh, Disney World. Yeah. So I mean, the Disney World closure happened in '99, like five years after Disneyland, and it seemed like a pretty similar sort of. Um, you know, we're building new stuff. So we're going to close old stuff. And there was a, it was like a cast member either fell or was knocked off um, the like loading area uh, in uh, Fantasyland, I believe. Um, So that did happen. But otherwise, these operated for decades, seemingly without incident. Um, uh, It seemed like it was a workplace uh, death in Florida, but it, it was really just kind of like the uh, w- in a string of stuff being torn down at the Magic Kingdom in Florida between Mr. Toad's and 20,000 Leagues and the Skyway. And uh, uh, most of it just cost cutting, like less concerns about safety, uh, more concerns about cost cutting. And they're like, well, we're closing this, uh, but we're going to open something real soon, something new. And uh, Yesterland noted that, however, no new attraction came to the Magic Kingdom Park until May 23rd, 2001, 
when the magic carpets of Aladdin open in Adventureland, <laughs> which is such uh, a fuck you. <laughs> that can is you such a... can we, can we how can we describe the magic carpets? Uh... Well, it's like it's like Dumbo, but magic carpets. Like worse Dumbo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just like tossed in there, barely themed, in a bad way of barely themed, not like the Skyway or Dumbo. I mean Dumbo. Is like, like I guess. Well, Dumbo is a little bit, a little, little bit, bit. Of design work there. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. I, we went on Dumbo not long ago, and I was like, I'm gonna fall out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I am sliding to the side. I am gonna fall out. Oh, of Oh yeah, you do lean. Yeah, and if you go all the way down, yeah, it feels like you could just tumble real easy. And especially if you're an adult man. <laughs> like I'm tall. My center of gravity is a little higher here. Yeah, it would just feel like an SUV tipping over. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like an SUV. I've, I can tip over at any moment. I'm so tall. <laughs> um, I, yeah, well, it, in, terms of, uh, in terms of accidents, which were, you know, there, were, there weren't a lot until the 90s. It was more just uh, hijinks, much, much like Blossom. Uh, I think there was a lot of spitting. Uh, I think I said in the Matterhorn episode, my uh, my now father-in-law, when he was younger, threw a smoke bomb uh, into the Matterhorn, which is a thing that would put him in jail for put years. For terrorism now. now yes, yeah, yeah, he'd be, he'd be on the list. In this case, he just did it without incident and was really, really satisfied with himself, but then got to the station and there was just a very stern security guard waiting for him, knew exactly who it was. Um, in the book More Mouse Tales by David Koenig, I saw a story about um, what was that? I think a guy. I think I think a, a, a kid spit down from the Matterhorn, or for, you know, uh, just for, from the Skyway somewhere. Uh, it landed on a pretty like buff guy who then just ran to the station and just waited right there for the kid to show up. And as soon as he walked out, like just went in to beat him up. Security had to break it up. Luckily. Uh, this kid did not get uh, did not not get uh, brutalized. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, it's so funny because like I was so scared to do anything like that in real life, let alone in like the happiest place on earth. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, truly, an extra um, level of fear I would have of like, and then the people at the park theme park will be mad at me. Yeah, because you can't end up on some list that doesn't let you come into disneyland <laughs> no <laughs> it felt like yeah you were in like heaven and god was watching you if you were in disneyland like i you're right here how is he mickey will see me <laughs> my mickey. god mickey <laughs> I, I make life i can take it away <laughs> you just have to go to disney confession oh yeah <laughs> which i guess is this podcast <laughs> that's what we're doing here um confessing our sins one of the uh, one of the more notable rabble rousers in Skyway history was future President Barack Obama. Have we talked about this before? I feel like we have, but um, does, does this ring a bell? The uh, the Obama Skyway incident? No, no. Have we not? Oh my god, I don't think uh -oh. so. Uh, so he did some event in Anaheim a couple of years ago. And he said he's been here before because he went to Disneyland in the 80s when he was attending Occidental College in Eagle Rock, California. 
so which um so what the story was that he I mean, it was. I think it was just that he smoked. He just smoked on the Skyway. <laughs> thought that was possible. Uh, and uh, you know what you just described, Mike, your fear story did not come true. He just like got back to the station, much like my father-in-law. There was a guy waiting for him. Said, "Sir, come with me." Uh, he and his group were escorted straight out of the park. But they did, on the way out, say, "Come back anytime you want." <laughs> oh, I do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I remember yeah. This, this does seem familiar. I forget if we if we've talked about it before. Um, but uh, one thing that I like a lot about this is that he declares, uh, it, you know, and I guess what is sort of like a, 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 a attempt and a posture to be cool, but one that works on me because of what he's talking about. He's he's make sure to say. He was not in Disneyland uh, for rides or kid stuff. He was there to see Cool in the Gang, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I I think that's very cool. And I started thinking about this, like, I wonder, could you place the exact date that this was when he saw Cool in the Gang? And I attempted to do this. Uh, he went to Occidental from 79 to 81. And uh, I looked up Cool Cool in the Gang played Disneyland a number of times uh, in that era, but it was mostly grad nights. And to go to grad night, you have to be a high schooler. And if Obama was in college, the only way he would have gotten into that is if he was dating a high schooler. So I became concerned that Obama was dating a high schooler at the time. Uh, Luckily, I overturned this theory. I don't want to put that out there. I'm not accusing him of that because I found out about another event called Saturday Nights in the Park. Uh, there was a thing called Saturday Night Pop on June 6th, 1981, with performances from Cool and the Gang and one of my favorite bands of that era, Shalimar. Uh, we talk a lot about if you could time travel and go to Disneyland at a particular time. This is my version of that. I want to go to June 6th, 1981, go to Disneyland, see Cool and the Gang and Shalimar, uh, smoke a cigarette with Barack Obama and get kicked out of the park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. I don't know. I mean, they probably had no smoking signs at the Skyway stations. But in the 1980s, especially the early 80s, you were still smoking at offices, cars, restaurants. Everyone was smoking everywhere, you know? Doesn't I, I seem it, that yeah, grievous. It, it could be for... I don't know how much of a troublemaker he's trying to be. Now, he doesn't clarify what he was smoking. I mean, oh. I, or maybe he does. He might, have, he might... I think there might be a laugh from the audience. And he's like, cigarettes. I'm talking about cigarettes. Um, so I, I don't think it was a joint. Um, but anyway, still, um, as cool as all that is, um, you know, it still was him breaking a rule. It was showing that he was like a little bit of a, of an anarchist at the time. And, uh, I don't know. I'm a little offended by this incident. And I, you know what? I'm going to start referring to it as Obamagate. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? You know what? You're right. I don't like him breaking the rules at Disneyland. So I will also use that phrase that i've never heard before to refer to this incident yeah yeah and i think we should tweet about it get the word out um and not all because it was bad i just i want to spread the word about shalimar because i think shalimar is is cool um so in order to do that i'm gonna start tweeting a lot about hashtag obama <laughs> i think that's good <laughs> i think we help. should encourage the listeners also to do that yeah, yeah. So instead of our regular plugs, don't, don't, I mean, go to Twitter, but then just, you know, whatever you want to tweet, but also hashtag Obamagate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I support that. Great. We got a, we got a good plan going forward. Yeah, great plan. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, what else we got? Any, uh, any further thoughts about, uh, 
You know, I this is a very simple, simplistic thought that I have, and it's really the last thing I'll say about this, uh, the Skyway. That's the last thought I have about the Skyway, is that there is something, there's a fun game that I always, especially as a kid, would play, and we've talked maybe a little bit about it with, like, the Snow White ride, is being excited about which color car you're going to get or oh, which bucket, yeah. color bucket. There would yeah. be a, there, that would be a big deal when you were a kid. Because you'd sort of, it was, I guess it was like a little bit like gambling or like you would be like, I'm betting on red. Come on, red. Uh, and then if you got it, it was like, it was an extra big celebration and then you would get to go on the ride. In the same way on Snow White where you're like, come on, dopey car. Come on. I want the dopey. that I would always want dopey. That's what I wanted. Um, but there was something fun about wishing for a color car or bucket that... Is I don't I don't even know why it's so fun, but it it was especially as a kid it was. And to Jason's point earlier, while there is not an immersive theme to the cars themselves, those bright, vibrant candy colors were sort of plenty. And and for for that reason, to the anticipation of which one am I going to get? I'm I'm trying to think what what I would have wanted. Did you guys have have color preferences? Oh, blue would be number one with a bullet. You know. Always blue. Uh, I was always a, a purple kid, but I don't. Did they have a purple bucket? I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm not sure so. that they did. I didn't see. I didn't see that in any of the photos. There's one um, hanging above the entrance at a store at Disney Springs. I think that's blue. Um, of all the colors. Yeah, that's a good call. I think. Yeah, I think if if I'm waiting for the Skyway, I want I want that candy apple red. That was such a such a bold, bright red. And I think they felt the same way about Autopia cars. Fair. Yeah, yeah I got that. Um, yeah. But it's, I mean, I guess, I mean, the Skyliner, we were still like, oh, it's cool. I want this, like, because they have characters on those two, which even though, like, you're, the characters kind of block you from seeing things, you're still hoping you get, like, the character you like. Like, there's maybe, still an I think I it. maybe adjusted to what I really want is a, is characters I like in the car in front of me because I get to look at them for the whole no, ride. Sure. Good point. That's a good Almost point. more important. Yeah. yeah. You get to look at Rocket Raccoon. At Timothy Green. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Jeff Goldblum star Artemis of the- Artemis Fowl. <laughs> Artemis Fowl and his friend Dumpy Chumpers, <laughs> whatever his name is. <laughs> That's not his name. <laughs> Dumpy chumpers. <laughs> Dumpy chumpers. I'm not that far off. Yeah, I exaggerated for the sake of humor, okay? But I sent you guys the name of Josh Cadenard. It was foul. What is and the name of Yeah, we have to find oh, it. God, it's it's up, it's close. <laughs> I want you to play Dumpy Chumpers in a, some TV show, please. Write a show about Dumpy Chumpers. I think he should be a, a like a, a boy detective. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so here I'm on IMDb. Josh Gad plays uh, Mulch Diggums. <laughs> I, I really was not that far off. I like I like Dumpy Chumpers better. Much like, more pleasant name. I like Dumpy Chumper. Yeah, I like Dumpy Chumpers a lot better. Demand that before this is released, the character's name is changed to Dumpy Jumpers. Get oh, on no. Twitter and demand it. Hashtag Obamagate. <laughs> this is part of Obamagate now. <laughs> We're looping it in. I mean, it's nebulous what Obamagate is, so there's it's plenty of room in the tent. Put it in there. Uh, 
The la- oh, you, you know, I have another one more thought. I am sure. a, I am a little sad that they got rid of the Skyway station at Disneyland. That, that oh, this is good. Yes, we yeah. should talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it was it stayed there for a, a long time, even though the ride closed in '94. It was just a little like Swiss chalet that was nothing for decades. Right, and it was still like it was tucked back. You could see it if you were on your way to Casey Jr. Uh, and I liked it there because I didn't even realize it was still there for the first so many years I was going to Disneyland. And then when I realized it was there, it kind of felt like a little hidden secret, a little bit of Disneyland history and lore. And then when they finally like removed the rest of it, I kind of felt like that was a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a, l- a little sad. And, y- and you know what was weird is that they, uh, when they sort of did the implosion of the area that became galaxy's edge they didn't take the skyway building down at first and that point of view that we would always go get from the mickey and friends parking garage uh, um i think from there you if you looked really closely you could see right on the border like sudden because all that space was cleared now you could see from the parking garage to the skyway building um yes, and right it, right it sat there just as a little microscopic little shack for a long time uh, until they filed a permit to destroy it uh, on uh, where they have the date in front of me, a date they'll live in infamy, May, <laughs> May 11th, 2016. We also Probably operated. the worst thing to happen in the year 2016. Yeah, yeah. It was know. a dark year. I, I don't know. I don't, couldn't even remember why, but that, yeah, that, that seems, uh, that rings a bell. Um, cost them $67,000 just to, to blow that up. And once again, I don't think it was a cool um, implosion. No Mickey stunts, no nothing. Mm-mm. No. And yeah, those, the stations were real. The Fantasyland stations were really beautiful. And the Tomorrowland ones were like kind of fit in the aesthetic perfectly. Just these kind of blocky metal cubes almost. Which yeah. all of which are sort of nothing now. If you go to Disneyland, you, you know, there's kind of those, uh, I mean, really what's there now are the, uh, the secret better Tomorrowland bathrooms than the uh, sort of overcrowded, stressful ones over by Space Mountain. But if you yeah, if you go there, it's just kind of these high walls because it's where the Skyway used to be, and now oh, it's sort of yeah. nothing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So in that's... Japan, there was a pretty good plus up where the Fantasyland station turned into Pooh's Honey Hunt. Yeah, best rides over there. That's a good trade. Um, The (laughs) and the Tomorrowland station became a candy store. All right, Mm. I like that. Tomorrowland Skyway, notable. uh, Tokyo Skyway, notable for uh, kind of being more enclosed with plexiglass because the they have much more chaotic seasons over there. So yeah, in case there was rainstorm or whatever. Yeah, uh, more like the Skyliner, like the eventual yeah. Skyliner. Right. Um, and how nice that there is the Skyliner now that keeps up this tradition and maybe does it in a, in a safer and uh, uh, but it's a, to go back to the beginning, more wheelchair accessible way. I think we actually missed that during this, that I think you could only do the Skyway via stairs. So there was really uh, no way for handicapped guests to access it. But the Skyliner all takes off from the ground and lifts up. So it's not a problem with those. So uh Everybody can enjoy it, and there's those pretty big, spacious, um, uh, handicapped cars in the in the mm-hmm. Skyliner. You saw a lot of those take off just in the couple of days we were using it. Yeah, it is fun to see like an old thing come back, and it's a better version of it, and it's a cooler thing. And now it's like being used in 
less of just a ride capacity and more of a practical capacity. So, yeah, yeah, it's like I'm trying to think of like it's like as if they were to like build a better version of the rocket rods, but it was for transporting you to hotels. I mean, the the rocket rods are so were so weird and clunky and problematic. And now I now I feel like it's something like Garcetti would green light. (laughs) We're doing public transit, but it's rocket rods. It's Elon or Elon Musk would be saying we're building (laughs) the tunnels. Yes. Actually, he kind of did invent the rocket rods. Yes. He's like, well, the the tunnels are I've I've invented this. These things rods and they are rockets. And we should open up the economy immediately and build these rocket rods underneath Los Angeles. And he'd start building them and then tweet three years later, rocket rods are overrated. Our stock price should go down, probably, LOL. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I lost $50,000 from you making fun of the rocket rods. Everyone loses money. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think we should tweet at Elon to see if he will bring the rocket rods back. I think yeah, we, could. we present oh, him like yeah. blueprints. Present him like we invented this and see if, if we, we can trick him. You know what? If if we can get a rocket rod on an episode of Rick and Morty, I think the chances of Elon seeing it will go sky high. So, I think that yeah. might be the best way we can do it. Uh, okay, so. We'll slip that in there. Slip that in. Somebody get a just somebody get a job animating there. Just oh, okay. Copy the design. Oh, sure. Jason, yeah. that's you. Oh, I love animation and software. Um, <laughs> I I had one closing thing, which was um, you know that obviously these these all closed a long time ago, and um, you always hear when they're closing attractions. You know, every attraction is someone's favorite. You know. Uh, but you always hear them say like the Walt quote about like, you know, Disneyland will never be finished. It'll always be changing and update that, that sort of thing. Um, when they were closing this, um, I think the spokesman was a little more, um, harsh. There is an, in, in, in the LA times in 1994, they quoted a spokesman named Scott Swan. Uh, and he said, you know, demand for the ride has fallen. And then he said, quote, it's an evolving change. You look at one attraction and say, it's time has come. <laughs> so I don't know why that's made me laugh so much. It just seemed like the inverse of the optimism of the Walt Disney quote. And then just this guy who's like, you're on the chopping block, buddy. You're out of here. It's like he had to put a horse down or something. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. yes, uh, attractions are open, and then there is attractions hospice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would not fly. Robert Iger would have his ass if he said that. Yeah, um, really, I mean, that quote is so grim that it sort of sounds like God Mickey. Yes, yeah. it does. Well, sometimes, sometimes in the cycle of a ride, you gotta take it into the field and shoot it in the head. I'm tired of these people. I'm tired of being wrapped up in their problems. <laughs> Just pointing ominously at the Skyway. Your time has come. <laughs> I have said so. I have spoken. <laughs> um, when you need to put a ride out of its misery, I use the gun. 
<laughs> but of course, Do- Dr. Manhattan Mickey implies the existence of a Rorschach Donald. So mm-hmm. he's really going to be the truth. Get the truth out there. Yeah. I am sure that I, I think if I do you think there is already a fan art of Rorschach Donald? <laughs> I mm-hmm. feel like we'll give it a look while I'm, we're I know, I'm, I'm, yeah Rorschach yeah. Donald Duck let's see here and if so how big of a seat did they give him <laughs> depends on where this the source of the fan art if it's on DeviantArt then the, the seat is huge the seat is the, huge the ink blot is not on his face his face is normal the ink blot is on his seat <laughs> all right all right I have it's not fan art but it is a Pinterest picture of Donald in a party hat. And it said, all the whores and politicians will look up and shout, save us. And I'll look down and whisper, no. Oh, my God. So there is. <laughs> Pretty close. Whoa, whoa. Pretty close. Here, I'll send it. I'll send it to you. You know, we attempt our bad versions of these character voices. Uh, I don't think anyone does a lot of Donald. Does anyone want to be so brave as, as to attempt it? I can do the noise, but I really can't talk like him. Like I can go, but I can't. Well, maybe here, let's just all audition it really fast okay. now that all it's right, sure. uh, now that it's in front of us. Here, Mike, sure. since you just did that sound, go. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. I have I have to bring it up again. This is gonna be, this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> I can, whoa, it's it's impossible to do it. I'm not sure I can either. It's like really, I can't even. Like it doesn't work. My mouth doesn't work when I'm trying to do it. All right, you try. Okay, and don't let me, let me, don't die over there. You choke. You try it. And let me gear up again. We, we're not with you. We can't give you Heimlich. No, so. no. I, I don't want to choke on my tongue here. It's like it's like Jason Stitch. Um, yeah, yeah. It? It's it's like hard to talk. No, that's like <laughs> that's a gremlin. I'll go with it though. Oh, the horse. <laughs> All oh, the whores and politicians, quack, quack. all the whores and politicians will look up and shout, shame us, and I'll look down and whisper, no. Awful. It's F. Oh. Yeah. All right, wait. It <laughs> doesn't work that's at all. That's just gibberish. I'm, really tr- yeah. I'm trying to get it in that, because that's how he talks with you're, that noise. Yeah, you're putting a lot of mustard on it. We're getting so much <laughs> mustard, we're not getting the words. <laughs> now I just sound like an a like I sound like the alien in, in Independence Day talking to Brent Spiner telepathically. <laughs> I can't do was, it. It's impossible. It, can't do. I can't do it. The uh, this episode's going to come out and it's going to be listed as eleven hours long, and the listener will be horrified to discover the last nine are blank because we all suffocated. <laughs> the recording skip going. Choked out our own spit. Jason, are you brave enough? Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> no, it's too. It's Stitch. <laughs> it's it's getting too Devito. It's getting too Penguin. <laughs> I'm worried about this you doing so this. Hard. Actually, I'm worried no. about Jason. There, because there's no line. Like when I've done impressions in the past, I, I latch onto a few words or a sentence, or even Goofy. You can go gorsh. Like there's yeah, no yeah. like Donald. Like, dang. Yeah. Hey. 
by the horrors and politicians. It starts to, for me, it starts to get too high, and then you just slide right into Stitch, my classic Stitch. I think that's what you gotta go. I think you gotta just pick it and stick with it. Yeah. I'm gonna try, hold on. Let me try to do it. I'm, I, I am like, there's phlegm shooting up in this my This is throat. not, it's, look, it's not that this important. It's not the best kind to spread. <laughs> Are you saying the words in your mind? Are you yes. say, are you hearing the words yes. in there? Because this is just but not. You're not. not really, yeah. You, you pick, I will, the, you pick the, the gurgles or you don't get the words. I will say this. I You guys are not. I am talking and I'm recording remotely also on a Zoom. And I am a little bit far from the computer. So we will see once we go back on the Zoom. Because I do think I you could hear a little enunciation on the Zoom if you're listening. So we will see when we go back and hear this. If you could make out any single word in that sentence, yeah, yeah, um, I think in the, in in this case, just so we don't die, and I'll here, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it because mine was murdering me less, but was much worse than what you were doing, Mike. Uh, so let me, in my terrible voice, like ah, 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 you <laughs> you survived, podcast a ride. <laughs> this is not what is this voice? You survived, podcast a ride from. <laughs> Go to Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Hashtag Obamagate. <laughs> who, who is that character? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Yeah, what does that sound like? Um, one of the guys who works at MIB headquarters. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of the aliens, yeah. Yeah, one it, of the I, other Actually, aliens. it sounds a little bit like on The Simpsons um, when there's the film festival... And George C. Scott is in a remake of Hans Molman's movie and oh, says, yeah. Oh my groin! Oh my yeah. groin! <laughs> so I guess in that, this is, this is Donald Duck saying, uh, If you want more bonus content, uh, there's three bonus episodes a month at patreon.com slash podcast the ride. It's like Baby Herman, too. Awful. Awful ending. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a great time. <laughs> the worst I, mean, I, had, ending. I, I, I had fun. Uh, I, it's good. It's not. Maybe it's not awful to listen to, but I feel bad about myself. <sighs> I'm coughing. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> and let's be clear. It's because we've been fucking with our own throats, and it's not because of COVID nineteen. Everybody's no, safe well, for the moment. You stay safe as well, listeners. Yeah. Uh, any, any other thoughts? Uh, no. I, my brain is just. I'm cl- I'm really you know what honestly I'm waiting to get off this so I can try it privately try the voice privately great <laughs> okay well yeah I mean look feel free to add an addendum if you if you get it better but for now let's all get a, a glass of water clear our throats clear our minds thanks for listening to podcast the ride and uh and we'll see you on the third gate soon uh for, with the sky guys yeah goodbye guys goodbye, goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yikes forever <laughs> This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.